Essentially, a lot of like monosexuals, gay and straight people, take this like perverse glee in trying to tell you that you, a proud bisexual person, actually aren't bi. If they're like, when's the last time you had sex with a woman? And they try to get you in like a gotcha moment, see you're actually just gay. I could have never fucked a woman, I'd still be bi. You know, like virgins who are straight, like they know they're straight, they know they're gay, it doesn't matter. It's also fucking inappropriate. When was the last time you fucked your husband? Three months ago? Are you really married? Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. But first, a word from our sponsors. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. Shout out to the Cougars and Cubs, the Vixens and Stags. What's up, all you boy sluts and lady johns? This is Billy Presida, and you're listening to the Man Whore Podcast. Hey, hey, welcome to my weekly endeavor to have sex-positive conversations. Been going strong for over nine years now. This week on the pod, I'm bringing back sex expert Zachary Zane, who is going through new things. He's got new stuff he's dealing with from the last time he was on the show, uh, I think it was like end of 2020. If you want to scroll back and hear some more of me with Zach, uh, you can hear episode 348. Yeah, 348. He's here to promote his uh, his new book coming out, Boy Slut. But first, tickets are now on sale for the Naked Comedy Shows at Hacienda on May 20th. we got 8 o'clock and 10 o'clock shows. Ticket link is exactly where you know it is. It's at the top of the show notes. Uh, our next Naked Comedy Shows uh, will be June 16th. And then I've got some other uh, totally wearing pants comedy dates, including this Saturday at Cobra Club, uh, all there in the show notes for you. What a slutty week. It's strange. It really feels like my, my 20s again. I, I turned 30 and then the world shut down and then I kind of, between the weed and maybe a little bit of age stuff and maybe a little bit of the breakup stuff with Wallet No Lady, my libido's been all over the place. My desire to... Get down and dirty to date to fuck and all that has been unpredictable. Um, I mean, I remember being 28, 29 and needing to like limit how many dates I went on in a week because I was like, oh shit, I'm not doing enough stand up. I'm not getting enough work done because I'm always like every night is a date night. When am I getting on stage? I had to be like, okay, Billy, only three, only three nights in a week can be for sex dates. Everything else has to be comedy or it's got to be daytime sex. Obviously, that has not been like needed as of late. Uh, But last week was crazy. Sex date Tuesday night. Hang out with one of my regular lovers on Wednesday night. Last night, Monday night, I was with one of my uh, long-term lovers. We we had the discussion. Hey, what do you want to be called? We, We settled on lovers unless we're like talking to our, our parents and then we can use friend. Um, and I, it was a dual Hacienda weekend for me. I, I went to two sex parties last weekend. 
crazy. Thursday night, uh, I went to happier hour at Hacienda. And Saturday night, I went to the masquerade party at Hacienda. Great times. Saturday night was just a constant, like, foursome roaming the party. This couple I know, uh, and, and their really, really, really stupid hot friend who, for some reason, seems really into me and so like we just all like hung out and fucked and fooled around and like it really was like a party hanging out with my friends more than it was like a fuck party but hanging out with my friends tends to involve some fucking and sucking and licking some titty had a great time tried getting spanked in a stockade by this uh dominant nb i I had met like a week prior who just happened to be there ran to an ex of mine we caught up things are chill thursday night was Wild because like I ended up in this like interconnected, it was the biggest interconnected orgy of people I've been a part of. It, it started off with six. I mean, it started off with me on the, on the couches by the fire pit. And like, next thing I knew these two babes were sitting on either side of me, the same women I was hanging out with on Saturday night with, uh, with one of their husbands. Next thing we know, we're like walking around. We connect with these two dudes who they have played with before, who I know from, you know, being around the scene for a while so we're all talking and the five of us are like we should get a room so we try to we're waiting for one of the rooms open up and then we like kind of pick up this this other chick who i've never met before but she's played with the other two guys so the six of us eventually are working our way into the mirror room and i have to like stop for a moment be like to this the sixth person to this lady and just be like oh hi my name is billy i guess we we should know each other's names because we're about to be in an orgy puddle together for the next two hours And she's like, oh, yeah, hi, my name is blank. And then, like, you know, next thing I know, like, my tongue is in her mouth and someone's grabbing my dick and she's grabbing some other dude's dick and someone else is, like, feeling her pussy. And it was cool, man. It was like, I'm looking up at the, because there's a mirror on the ceiling of this bedroom. And we we kept looking up and every time you'd look up, it was, like, another snapshot of a super hot, like, pornographic scene um plus there's a lot of laughter going on funniest orgy i've ever been in everyone had a, a lot of people had good punchlines here and there hard to keep a boner through it but like it was fun i'm making out and fooling around with these like three beautiful women for like a couple hours and i mean it's it's a blast and if i don't know if either of those are listening like hi hey great would repeat would still repeat but all the orgies, all the fuck dates, all the all the swallowing squirt cum, all the brand new exciting connection of that like first time you make out with someone and like they're a good kisser and you're like sick and I had to push this thought out of my head as we were getting onto the bed, but I couldn't help but think, yeah, I'd give this up for Wallet No Lady. Like this is fun, this is hot. I'm glad I get to be a part of this. I would like to keep being a part of this if if that's the case, but. Even going home, I just thought, wish I could go back in time and whisper in my, you know, old self's ear during one of several conversations where non-monogamy's coming up and she's proposing what type of thing non-monogamy to do and I'm pushing back because I'm scared of something different and new and potentially restrictive, but you know, I was operating from such a place of fear. I, I wasn't, I, I was blinded to the fact of like, but which do I want more? Yeah, I want both. But grow the fuck up, Billy. Which do you want more? And it's just so obvious and clear to me. And I don't know how I could have missed it then. 
I wish I could like lean to my ear and be like, it's okay. It's okay to agree to this. It's okay to give this a try. You're not going to lose some sort of slut credentials. You're not going to lose your identity because you, uh, I don't know, I guess try swinging or even do a period of monogamy, whatever. I wish I could just go right now to Alligator Lounge and whisper in my ear, it's okay. Realized a little too late that um, I know which I choose. And I know that information far too late. I mean, I guess we're going back to the origins of the show. If you're, if you're newer to the program, you may not know this about me, but I think, you know, it, it kind of comes back to it's great getting laid. I'm happy that's a thing that I'm able to do without having abs or a monster dick or a ton of money, but I want love. I had like, I think the ultimate secret boss level version of love. I may or may not experience that again. And though sex is fun, I would choose that. It's not what I think everyone should choose. I don't think it's categorically better for everybody. It's just for me, that's what I want. So I still feel, you know, I've said it before. I, I feel bad for these incel guys sometimes and they were dudes who are, seem to wallow in, in not knowing how to talk to women or not getting girls or not getting laid and they're going to pickup artistry or red pills. And it's like, cause I think they think that the sex is going to make them happy and that's going to fill something inside of them. But roughly 30 to 180 minutes after they come, it's still there. Sex isn't going to solve it. It does make some of the loneliness more bearable. And I'm also very fortunate. I'm not like lonely, lonely. You know, it's uh, the regular lovers in my life. I've got some people who not only like fucking me, but they also care about me. And they're there for me. And they want to celebrate my wins. And they offer support when I need it. And they let me support them when they need it. But there's something about it that's still not the same. It's um, There's a romantic element, this intangible, I don't know what. I had it. Again, back to origin of this podcast. Uh, women will sleep with me, but they won't date me. And, and now it still is. Women will sleep with me, but deep love, that's, that one's hard to keep a hold of. Just as it was when I was 24, when some of y'all uh, virtually met me uh, at 33, I still, that's still the thing I would want. Anyways, uh, I guess I bring some of that up to because it comes up during my conversation with Zachary Zane today, where you know we do talk about being in relationships where it's not on a relationship escalator and it's not going towards X, Y, or Z. Uh, being in relationships where you care about people, but it's not—it's just not romantic. It's not that—it's not that love thing, you know, or it's not that romantic love. Because I do love and care about, uh, you know, my close partners, lovers, companions, if I'm speaking to an aunt. And I thought it was interesting to, um, to connect with Zachary on, on that aspect. But hey, in the meantime, you know, we come and when I left happier hour uh, on Thursday night, I was, I was again dressed and there's this dude uh, also again dressed in the basement. He was just being like, he had seen me in the orgy pile, pile for like 
two hours with these babes and <laughs> he just he's like yo billy you demand dude you just wow i saw that and you were with these chicks and whoa and you seem to have two women on your arm all night and i'm like yeah it's pretty cool but yeah you ever just unconditionally hold space in the center of your chest where you hold the thoughts and ideas of a future together that that's the tits and I say that as a guy who's had a lot of tits in his mouth over the past eight days. Before we get to my guest this week, Zachary Zane, let's do a quick fan whore appreciation moment. Here's a quick one, everybody. I want to give a shout out. I want to give a thank you right now to Kay, who turns out to be Gabe Malika's sister. I don't know if you all remember a few weeks ago, I had on comedian Gabe Malika and he, uh, you know, we did a, bon- a bonus episode. It's all about Gabe's like summer of love, but we called it like the summer of Gabe. And uh, I don't know, I guess his sister heard the episode and was like, what's this summer of my brother thing about? Because she put down $5 and uh, and then 45 minutes later, unpledged. And I'm like, I think she just wanted to hear the bonus episode. So I thank you, Kay, uh, for your contribution, even if ever so brief. Uh, you know, I got a question for you. You listening. Yes, you right now. You who have listened to at least 10 episodes of this podcast and you like it. You like it enough. You check in uh, to see what the, the title is every week. Maybe you're hanging out a lot in the champagne room, our discord server, and you've never joined my Patreon. Just real quick. I'm not guilting you. I just I'm going to frame it in this way. If we were at a bar, OK, or if we were at a coffee shop together, would you get me a drink? Would you be like, oh, Bill, oh, are you Billy? Hey, man, I, I love the podcast. Can I, can I get you a tea? Can I get you a beer? If you would, how about instead, at least for now, while we are not geographically in the same places, how about for now, you become a member of my Patreon community and support my ability to get my own tea, to get my own drink, or even buy a, even buy a beer for a pretty lady? Sometimes I think people go, oh, I don't want to give to this or I don't want that to get a cut. And, you know, I'll just I'll just support them in the unlikely event that we see each other in person. I'll offer to buy them a burger. It's like I could use the burger money now, though. Become a member today. Support the pod you love. Virtually buy me a drink for now. Or even if you're at the two dollar tier, like think of it as like you just got me some tea. Nice, a nice jasmine tea. No honey needed. It's okay. And I'll take it in a mug because there will be refills. <laughs> Become a member today. Support the pod you love at patreon.com slash podcast or download the Patreon app. You can find me on there. Links, by the way, always in the show notes. And now for this week's guest, Zachary Zane. Again, you heard him way, way back when on episode 348. Uh, what you need to know about Zachary is he is a uh, he is a sex expert. He is uh, a writer for a variety of publications. His entire brand is that he is bi. No, but seriously, I've never seen someone rock being bi as a brand harder than Zachary Zane. He's quite good at it. And he's like very resentfully attractive, which I think I... I think I kind of dig at him at various times in the episode because there's nothing there's, it's, as someone like me, a real solid seven and a half. It's really nice to make a 10 feel bad about being a 10. It's not gaslighting a 10 into thinking they're not a 10. We're not negging. We're just like we are aggressively acknowledging their 10-ness and then making them go home and journal like, what did I do in life to deserve being such a dime? I don't know. 
But it seems to be that Zachary uh, wields his dimeness, his 10, his double digit uh, with responsibility in this world, spreading knowledge and orgasms all over New York City. And he's got a new book. It's coming out. It's still available for pre-order, which as you'll hear in his plugs, pre-orders, they're super important. There's a link in the show notes so you can pre-order it through my indiebookshops.org spot. So not only will you be uh, pre-ordering Zachary Zane's book, you will be pre-ordering it through an independent bookstore instead of that guy named Bezos or the noblest of barns. And, and, and when you shop through my bookshops.org link, Billy the Kid over here gets a little cut on the back end, okay? So you're, you're supporting three indienesses in one. And there'll be a link in the show notes for that. Anyways, enough of my uh, whatever this is. If you're new to the podcast, by the way, not all the intros are this long. Some definitely are, but I don't think they all are. Um... <laughs> let's go chat with Zachary Zane. Is the stress of all this promo stuff like eking into any of your relationships? Um, you getting a little snappy at anyone? No, I haven't been. And I think they know that like, this is my priority at the moment. My, my partners are aware that like, they are just not my huge priority at this moment. Like this is something I've been working on for nearly five years. It's coming out. These months leading up to it are huge in terms of getting press and doing influencer campaigns and interviews and giveaways, podcasts, everything. And this is just going to be my priority. So um, we might not be getting dinners the same way we used to because I'm working later. And again, I'm not like they know this. Like it's not something where it comes as, as a surprise to them. They're aware that like, hey, just for these two months, my focus is on work. And so this is what it's going to have to be. And they're completely okay with that. I'm like shocked when they are because like I've been I have this whole people pleasing thing where I go like I'm just I don't want I feel like I'm disappointing everyone by taking care of me. And they're like, no, you can take care of you. Yeah. And it's not like, of course, things have come up with my partner, with my girlfriend. where like she had a I don't want to share her business, but, you know, I had a really rough few things happen. And of course, I did drop what I was doing and I did cancel what I was doing. But that was an extenuating circumstance. It's not like every day I'm going to have to drop and move things around. So, yeah, I don't want to make it seem like, oh, it's just about me and go fuck yourself. Like, of course, I'll be there. If you really need me. But like for now, I just need to focus on my book. Yeah. I mean, yeah. good for you for being able to. Yeah. I'm, I try to fucking focus on my work and go like, yeah, but is everyone going to leave me because I, I didn't see them for, you know, nine days. Yeah. Like, it's fine. But I think that's a good sign of a part of a, that's a sign of a good partner. If they, they can say, I get it. You're good. I'm still going to be here yeah. on the other end of this. Yeah. You know? Exactly. And so you just have the so right now. What, what's your situation? You just got the one girlfriend. I tried to ask Melissa, but she's like, you know what, dude? I have no idea. We get a newsletter, and then that's about it's. Um, I I don't want to say they come and go. That's not. <laughs> it sounds like uh, amusing people are going through people, but um, right now I just have kind of one girlfriend, and then a bunch of the word partner is always a little bit complicated, where it's like. Like friends who I fuck, like some of them kind of prefer the word partners, some preferred friends, some prefer hookups, some prefer to say we're seeing each other, right? There's no universal definition of what partner means. So, and especially when you're polyamorous, it gets a little bit more complicated. When you fuck your friends, it gets a little bit more complicated. So, um, I do have a girlfriend and then just 
secondary partners, people I fuck, friends, people in my life where we have, you know, a sexual relationship along with a friendship. Do you ever have to have like, I've had to have this conversation recently with some people as I'm not like romantically available, but I'm, I'm emotionally available. I like to like the people I hook up with. And so I've had to have a couple conversations of like, what do you want me to call you? And has that ever gotten tense? It's, yeah, I think in the past that it has gotten tense, I think I'm gotten a lot better about managing expectations kind of from the beginning honestly erring on the side of like saying things too soon as opposed to too late in terms of what i'm looking for in a partner what i can give in a partner um for example my girlfriend now we had a talk and then we said like i i as we started dating i was like i don't see this being my long-term relationship. I don't see you as being my wife. I don't the see woman as, I just met. Yeah. Okay. Of g- moving in together, I actually think for my queer identity, it's very important for me to be, for my primary partner to be a man. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I think it's really important. You know, I like going to gay clubs and I don't want to feel like I'm a visitor in my own home. And even when we go to a gay club, it's like I fucked more men than all the guys in there. She's fucked more women than all the lesbians in there. And still, you know, if we are intimate with each other or kiss each other, we get these nasty looks. It wipes away both of your it, queerness. It, it does. And even like, though y'all have the numbers to back up place. Yeah, not even that like fucking numbers, you know, <laughs> validate your queer identity. But still, it's just like I want to be able to go into certain spaces and feel not like a visitor there. And yeah, so I think it's really important for my queer identity to be with a man long term. And for that person to end up being my husband. So I said this very early on. I said this because I like you. I like spending time with you. But I've run into issues in the past where like any type of almost like kind gesture is somehow thought of as being part of a relationship escalator. So it's like if I get you flowers or something like, oh, Zach wants it to be more serious. I take you out for a nice birthday dinner because it's your birthday dinner. They kind of instead of it being like, oh, this is a nice thing for someone I'm dating. It's very much like oh, this person really wants to be with me forever or really loves me. And even when I say I love you, when I love, when I say that, that doesn't mean I want to marry you. It doesn't mean that I want to be with you forever. It just means that I love you and I do and I love a lot of people. And so, yeah, I've just run into issues in the past where my behavior, even when I kind of specify in the beginning, hey, I don't see this as being a primary partnership like especially when I was like more solo poly and I was like okay my I'm really only looking for secondary partners I'm focusing on my book I'm focusing on myself is this okay a little bit down the line we end up at this junction where it's like they're like okay well I want to be your girlfriend I love you I want to be with you for and it's like no, well fuck no I I kind of said this from the beginning. Is love on the table just not the relationship escalator part? Yeah. 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 And I do love these people and I, I just you know, most relationships you break up. That's just the truth of it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But it's just been frustrating in the past where I feel like be, I'm very clear about my intentions. Everyone seems to be on board. But then if I do nice or cutesy things, people get very excited and want more from me. So that's and why sometimes I, you're just like, should I just not do the cutesy thing yeah. that I otherwise want to do? Yeah, which is I have some Or do guy, I have to do it with all this apology like wrapped around it? It's I have some guy friends who have literally told me, do not fucking do cutesy things until you like them. Until you know you want to be with them and you want this person to really be your girlfriend. I'm like, that's so fucked up. Yeah. That's so withholding. And their reasoning was because you end up in the situations that you're in. Zach, you asked me how to not end up in the situation that you're in. I'm giving you the advice, 
and your town telling me it's fucked up. I'm like, cause it is fucked up, but I also actually see where you're coming from. And that probably leads there to be less confusion. But does that mean that, wait a second, returning, rare returning guest to the podcast, Zachary Zane, the sex expert, asks his dumb buddies for advice? Of course. <laughs> of course. I, I, I think everyone always assumes. Welcome back. Welcome back. Yeah, thank you. I, I think people always assume when you're a sex expert, you have everything figured out. But of course, obviously, therapists have therapists. And it's also much easier to deal with someone else's problems than to deal with your your own problems. I think I'm much more self-aware than most people. I know where I struggle and where I need to work on. I'm not necessarily delusional the way I have certain friends who seemingly don't take any responsibility for anything they've ever done in every relationship. It's always their ex is an asshole. They were an asshole. He was an asshole. She was an asshole. She was a bitch. He was an asshole. It's like, well, you know, if you think if you think everyone's an asshole, you're the fucking asshole. And what I do is I just start with, I am an asshole, and then here's all this other stuff. It's, yeah. <laughs> I like to eight mile myself every day. Yeah, no, but I, I absolutely ask my friends who give me, who know my specific bullshit and give me good advice. You know what I mean? And that's also one of the things where your friends know you best. I think it's really mm-hmm. good to ask for relationship advice if you are, if you can handle what they're going to say. Like if you have that kind of friend dynamic where it's like, you can punch someone in the face and your best friend's going to be like, yes, that guy fucking deserved it. Kill him. You're like, I actually murdered his whole family too. Oh my God, they <laughs> suck. Where do you want me to bury the body? Like you have to have friends who are going to honestly and authentically tell you like, hey, this is something, a pattern I've seen that you do in your relationships and might be something to be mindful of and you not responding with anger or shame or being defensive or projecting your own insecurities. So if you can actually listen to your friend's advice, then then it's worth uh, reaching out to them. Even your, dare I say, it's your straight buddy guys. They offer like, <laughs> do you do they ever give you advice? And you're like, okay, I hear what you're trying to say, but it's it's got all this other stuff we got to deconstruct. It, it's uh, you know my straight guys still my straight buddy friends still suck dick. So I don't know how <laughs> how straight my straight guy friends are at this point. Um. But it's always good to just get different perspectives, you know, from someone straight, someone who's a man, woman, non-binary, gay, straight, bisexual. Um, Yeah, everyone has different experiences. And I always, yeah, I always crowdsource my relationship problems. And it actually really helps me. Okay. Yeah. What was a recent time that was difficult receiving that advice? Um, Again, that wasn't as difficult as much, like I wasn't mad what am i trying to say it wasn't difficult as much as i like i disagreed but it's not even that i disagreed it was more like i was just frustrated by like fuck is this the world we live in where like people are so desperate for love and romance that like they grasp onto it like a sinking fucking ship or someone gives them a morsel of kindness and a kind gesture i think it shows how fucking low the bar is set and how just shitty so many guys and woman but i think now i'm mainly talking i think i'm talking i think for what i'm specifically discussing i think it is more of a guy issue than a yeah. woman issue not to gender things it's a bar we trip over i think women can walk into the bar a little bit you it, know it's, but it's just like yeah I, I think people have been guys have been so withholding of affection and love that when people get it they just get so excited by it and see it as a scarce commodity that they need to 
hold on to and keep at all costs because they're not sure when they're going to get it again. Mm-hmm. And that is fucking sad. Not and that's blaming- a pressure. Yeah. If we are the type who are able to have, like, to be emotionally available and we're able to do, like, romantic gestures that maybe aren't part of this... One, let's, we need to not have the relationship escalator. Can we normalize that relationship thing at the airport where you yeah, stand on? I love that. that. The relationship just move <laughs> the, the idea of it being a scarce commodity came up recently because I felt so somebody, she like asked, she's like, hey, like maybe I could come over tonight and cuddle. And I had been asking for like, I want to go out and like have fun. That's how we met. We met like in yeah. like an accidental like 5 a.m. night. I want to do more of that. And, and so I was like, oh, you're not giving me what I'm asking for, but you want to get this resource, this, this, the affection and the care, something I've, I've typically tend to be kind of good at. And so I've, I've almost started feeling guarded of like my, con- my care and affection. Yeah. And I, I feel like that can be a tough relationship to have where someone's like, okay, you just lean on me for emotional support and I'm mm-hmm. your partner because I'm a good listener and I'm there when you call me and you're good at cuddling or whatever it is. Um, but then I have my party friends, then I have my partner that I go out with. And when you're that emotional support, either partner or friend, either way, it doesn't matter if it's romantic or platonic, you can't help but feel like, fuck, like, you only use me for for this and like again i'm happy to be there for you but i also have my needs and my needs are less emotionally supporting you my needs are like going out and having fun which is one thing that i've wanted to do with you so just making sure if you're leaning on someone for emotional support which obviously you are allowed to do it's that's not the only reason you're talking to them mm-hmm. or using again it, that is using them um and knowing that like men in like capital M men are not giving that that support and given that those like we'll call it a kind of a resource very often that the bar is low and all like we know that. And so, like I said, it's like I've almost been like, shit, should I be like guarding this the way like some women guard pussy? Yeah. You know what I mean? They're like, well, I know this is like a, a treasured resource, so I should be careful. In, in general, I, I'm never a fan of guarding anything, you know, and that's why I try to have these conversations early and often. Uh, often if it's you see it's becoming an issue again but like for something like this like essentially and this is you know writing the sex and relationship advice column at men's health often i get um very articulate smart kind of questions about like this is what i'm feeling and i'm not sure what to do and often my response is tell them exactly what you told me like like verbatim Mm -hmm. like you're allowed to have these feelings you're allowed like And, you know, when you don't express them or you feel like you're getting taken advantage of, you become resentful, more problems arise. But in this situation, instead of being guarded, it's being like, hey, I want to be there for you. I want to support you. I want to be emotionally available for you. However, sometimes I feel like that's the only thing I am to you and this person that I am in your life. And I don't want to be just that. I want us to be able to have a fun relationship where we get to go out together and party together and have some of my needs also getting met beyond providing you, you know, emotional support when you need to, which again, I'm happy to do. I want to be yeah. there for you, but I also want our relationship to be more than that. Sure. I mean, that was off the cuff, so reframe it. <laughs> but like, but something like all of this stuff is like, everyone always says communication, communication, and it's exhausting. And it's not just communicating, it's how you communicated it. Mm-hmm. I think the way I said that was very much like, I feel I'm happy to be there for you, but can we actually do more as opposed to being like, you're taking advantage of me. You're manipulative. You're only using me for emotional support. And then you go out with your other guy friends and party and fuck them. And why the fuck am I this dude? Again, you're both you're conveying the same thing in both of those things. One's more likely to get a more positive response. So it's 
Yeah, it's always how you communicate your needs. And again, she is currently, she might not even be aware that she's doing this. You know what I mean? Like, it's so interesting right now we're watching framing... you jump so into like advice columnist mode. <laughs> yeah. Like you're writing a draft right I am. now. You can I, can, see, I can watch you, you doing you it. You see when my eyes start rolling to the back of my head, that's how you know I'm really thinking here. But like, again, going into this with intent that I don't think she's being malicious. She might not even be aware that she's doing this or being purposely yeah. manipulative. Yeah, and we, we had a good convo. We followed yeah, up. We had discussion. So just, and just, just talking about it. We figured that, you know, that out. But just the, the idea of... um you know, the bar being like us knowing the context of dating for, say, women, then it's like we almost interpret some stuff through all that context to be like, oh, well, I know like they'll latching on to this because I know this does not get offered very often in their like dating pools. And then it's like now that's informing how I do the thing in the first place. And it shows when people really fall in love with you way too quickly Mm -hmm. in a way where I'm like, you actually don't know me yet like well enough to cut like again we get excited you're just thrilled someone's treating you nicely yeah which again is just fucking sad that this is the kind of the state of the world we live in and of course right now i'm talking in generalizations i'm talking in more gendered terms obviously this is not all men this is not all women this is not straight gay whatever it is but i think it would be naive of me to not say that this is this is a trend that is something that is happening and at least something that's really happening to the two of us. You know, I, this is, other people struggle with different issues. This is something that I have been struggling with. This is my main struggle I have with relationships. Um, that, again, I've been working on and talking to my douchebag friends about and getting their advice. So it's great. So, you know, it's interesting when you said that, like, you know, for for the sense of your identity, like you would want a long-term partner who's a man. Yeah. Uh, is interesting. And so correct me if I maybe misunderstood a long time ago, but when we spoke, you know, back in like late 2020, when you on, I think my interpretation of you at the time was like, uh, was like, okay, you know, his brand is by and then like, I just assumed like you leaned, if not at least 50 50 towards men. And then you were like, actually, I mostly I, I hook up with women more than I do with men. I, and, I, and I was like, what? it's boom, I, I still do. And this re- realization of wanting my eventually my primary partner to be a man has been a new one okay that hasn't always been the case right now i still have more sex with women than i do men and i still date more women than i do men i have my girlfriend and Mm. i love her and everything is great with us um but especially the reason why i'm dating more women or dating and hooking up with more women than men at the moment is kind of twofold the first one is I'm really We've seen a picture of you. That's number one. I get it. I get yeah, it. Th- th- that that helps. <laughs> um, but it's I really have found in the past couple of years like a bisexual, polyamorous, sex positive community, um, and like like places like Hacienda where mm-hmm. I just saw you there, whatever it was, two weekends ago. Yeah. And in those places, even though they are very queer friendly, it is women still predominantly date men and women date and hook up with women but they're very few even if there are bi guys there they're kind of new to their sexuality maybe they hook up with dudes but they don't have boyfriends you don't see a lot of male male couples at those parties you really don't and so while maybe they will have a threesome and suck someone's dick like they're not actually looking for a romantic relationship with another man and because i tend to meet people out as opposed to on apps and it's not because i am cool or whatever but it's just like okay. g- given what 
I do like I, I'm kind of on paper potentially a tough sell where it's just like I, it's like he's this wild sexual bisexual polyamorous dude and like so a lot of like you you want to date people in the community in the scene who understand that yeah. who aren't judging you who don't treat you like a fucking lion behind a cage you can jump in you don't have to do three dates of explaining stuff yeah. again sorry jump in running so, so because of that I, I prefer to meet people IRL and because I'm just in spaces where essentially the options to date are predominantly and have sex are predominantly women. That's what it is. And I went to a gay bar recently and I just kind of struggled being there. I hadn't been there in a long time and it wasn't, it was like a hell's kitchen gay bar. Okay. But you know, you walk in, everyone is kind of sizing you, looking at you up and down. I was flirting with this dude and then a hotter dude walked by and I swear to God, after five minutes of us talking, he just like, Hey, and just like, just stop talking to me to start flirting with this other dude. I was like, are are you serious? Like, like not even Do you like know who I am. But no, no, it wasn't even a no. But like, just like the common, like to not even be like, hey, hold on, I'm gonna go grab a drink, or I'm gonna excuse myself and then go and talk to this other dude. But to like literally like stop, stare midway through conversation, just and then just start talking to the other dude and completely ignoring me. I'm like, wow, like I'm a pretty confident dude. In terms of sexually, romantically, and how I am, and I realize I just feel often insecure in these in these gay spaces. And again, that's a Hell's Kitchen gay space. There mm-hmm. are gay spaces in Brooklyn that are queer. Do you want just for people? Do you want to like kind of define what does that mean? A Hell's Kitchen gay space. It's like Hell's Kitchen in WeHo, West Hollywood. I feel like there's a common gripe where you end up with this like very. And again, it is a stereotype, but a stereotype that's based off of reality, you know, and many of these spaces where it's just like this kind of like very traditionally attractive, good looking, jacked dude. And they only talk to other jacked guys and they are like they bench press each other they bench and press then they each fuck. other. <laughs> they can be very uh, just mean and catty and not welcoming and very you know, uh, potentially racist or sizist or femme phobic. And it's like, they just want other guys who are exact molds of them. Mm-hmm. At which point I'm like, why do you even go out? Just hang out with your guy. If you're not looking to meet new people, but just like, there is often a vibe and a bitchiness and a like, Oh, who are you to even be talking to me? Do you see how I look? Do you see how you look? And you're like, ugh, this is like, th- this is how we treat each other. How's that different from like, say the w- uh, West village? But I mean, West Village is different. West Village is, A, has more women there. I feel like it's more touristy. And they're also like older establishments in West Village where you just have like older gays there. Yeah. Um, and again, this is not every gay club. I like going out to, again, more gay or queer spaces in Brooklyn that is more inclusive of women and the guys there are still gay and bi and they're people of all races all body types all expressions of gender and it's much more i feel like what's well, a bar like that you say if you wanted to like kind of compare and contrast a bar like that honestly i haven't I, I like it's like a pieces like something you're describing no no because no, pieces is chelsea still like they're, they're again these are like it's i don't want to say like the underground brooklyn queer scene but it okay. kind of is there there is that type of thing here and often it's a lot more i'm trying to think a lot more like party based where people will throw i think baby's all right has like good parties like this mood ring has kind of good things again but the truth of the matter is i've been going out of those spaces so i'm actually out of the loop i've been going to these again these bi poly 
sex pod of spaces, which also I love because then you can also fuck people there, like awesome, and get naked in a jacuzzi and go nuts. But I've definitely, yeah, like a long, a very long answer to uh, why I end up dating and having sex with more women than men. Because it, it seems like it's easier. Well, it's not easier. It's I'm just in those spe- – like if I want to fuck a dude, I could do it in four seconds. I could – I live next to Prospect Park. I could literally go cruising the park and be raw-dogging a dude within a minute and a half. Like <laughs> there are apps. There's Grinder. There is Sniffies. I can do a gay bar, get picked up. It's not a matter of ease. It's a matter of uh, I in- do not enjoy those spaces as much as I enjoy these now new sex-positive queer poly spaces. And so I'm putting myself in the spaces that I enjoy and therefore – and this happens to be the clientele, so I'm meeting that uh, those people. Anything in particular? Was there some sort of pivotal moment like that sparked all of a sudden? Like, I think I want to long term be with a man. Um, yeah, I think it was actually in dating a woman, and were things where kind of very quickly it was clear she kind of wanted more of like a traditional relationship in terms of getting married and having kids, and I was like, well, I definitely don't want to have kids um and that i know and i'm going in to get my vasectomy which is exciting but it just made me kind of question and think being like god like zach and like living in the suburbs with kids and a wife like i like i like my queer identity and i don't want that ever to be ripped away from me and i want to always be perceived as queer that's important to me and i feel like i just am losing this part of me when i end up dating a woman and and it's sad because it's not it, it's because of the world that we live in if things were different and the world wasn't as divided into gay and straight i wouldn't have to pick gay or straight but because the suburbs seem straight to you yes <laughs> but like when the world is and I can't be perceived as being visibly bisexual, I wish I could. And that's the thing about bisexuality. Visibility is quite challenging mm. when you're bi. No matter how much you say, boy slut, boy slut, boy slut, it, get the book, boy slut, I'm boy slut. They're like, but like, are you? But are you? <laughs> but it, it's just like, you know, there are very easy kind of depictions of like gay culture. And also like if you're a man in a relationship with a man, you're perceived as gay. Unless if you have a man and a woman on your arm simultaneously and you're in a mixed gender polyamorous throuple, people are going to assume that you are straight or gay. And yeah, so that's why visibility kind of becomes a- an issue. You can't be mm. visibly bisexual in many ways. And I wish we could. So when that's the case, I still want to be queer. And I re- like, and it's important, again, for my identity for that to be the case i don't want to be in a traditionally gendered uh relationship where i'm the guy in the relationship and she's the woman in the relationship and even when we try to be more egalitarian even when i'm dating bi women and more masculine women and poly women we still end up falling falling into these gendered dynamics even when we try not to because it's just so fucking ingrained in us and society reinforces it and i don't want that i want a more egalitarian relationship i want us to not have be like i'm the man she's the woman i and and when you're dating another man you don't run into that issue because we're both the fucking men you know what i mean but if you walked in that gay bar alone do they like they assume otherwise no they assume i'm gay i mean i read as gay i have a gay voice i also usually dress 
if I'm going to a gay club, I'm, I'm not wearing, you know, jeans and a t-shirt. Or even if I'm wearing jeans and a t-shirt, I'm wearing tight-ass jeans. I'm always lounged t-shirt. out on the couch if there is one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I love how I really... Well, earlier you were doing your thing because, like, you sat on my couch, like, two years ago the exact same way. Really? You were just... You legs propped up. I am I am comfortable. <laughs> I, I love... This is how I end up, like, doing voice notes and writing half the time. It's just either lounging or pacing. Those are my two... Sure. <laughs> my, my two... You're just... You're very fun to observe that's thank all. you you know so I, I i mentioned earlier you know i have uh, in my discord server the champagne room everyone uh link in the show notes uh we have an ask the guest channel for all of my patreon members you can ask any question you want i'll ask it if it's a bad question wasn't mine if it's a good question i wish it was uh and you <laughs> actually have gotten the most questions anyone has since i started doing this really many months i feel ago. honored many questions of oh, god some of it's just like uh like julia said not even a question please tell him that i fangirl over his newsletter every time it comes in my inbox like tell but what's the, his name julian you uh, said? Her, her name or, is julia she's uh julia yeah. <laughs> uh tell julia i love her and yeah thank you that's but, awesome uh, you know and some of these are touching on what we're talking about so how about we got um you know vince asked he was the one who i told you was just like before you even started asking questions, just like went on and on about like, I fucking love this dude. This dude's like my fucking idol. This guy's uh, this. I know I'm comfortable as a bi guy because this guy, all that jazz, oh, right? thank you. My head's going to explode. My <laughs> ego's going to get too big. I uh, know. It's dangerous, It's right? dangerous. Uh, but but he had, one of the questions he had was, when you come across the misconceptions about bi men being slutty, you know, uh, in everyday conversation or on a date, how do you decide when to stop and educate someone and when to let things slide? I have an incredible fucking chapter about this in my book, Boy Slut, a memoir and manifesto coming out on May 9th of this year, anywhere books are sold. Um, So I have a chapter called, and it's in quotes, So How Do You Know You're Bi? And it was specifically, and it's actually a divergence from the rest of the chapters, which are more memoir-y, where I actually go through the list of like 30 questions people have asked me when... Um, I've told them I'm bisexual and some of them are extremely invasive, ignorant, aggressive. Some are well-intended. Some are people who clearly are struggling with their own sexuality. So they want to learn mm. more. And the way I break it down is here's how I have replied and here's how I wish I have replied. But in this chapter, there there are a few things I address in terms of, for example, sluttiness is interesting because that's a stereotype where Stereotypes in general are bad, don't over generalize a group. However, there's stereotypes about bisexuality that are not inherently bad. For example, there's nothing wrong with being slutty versus the idea that bisexual people are cheaters or liars or dishonest. That's actually a negative stereotype because cheating, lying, and dishonest is not good by any metric versus there's nothing wrong with being slutty. So I do like to make a differentiation between stereotypes that are actually bad and ones that are just like, okay, this is a generalization. They're by people who are slutty and they're ones who are not. And I am one that obviously is slutty. And I know for a while there was this fear with bisexual visibility that we couldn't be like, we kind of removed sex from it. We, uh, like, like the gays were doing like in the seventies yeah, or whenever exactly. when they were like, let's just show everyone. No, no, we just want to hold hands and get married. That's <laughs> literally exactly what it was. And I- I've been someone who pushes up against that where I'm like, no, sex is a large part of bisexuality. And I think doing this neutered version of ourselves to make ourselves more palatable is 
actually going to be detrimental long term. Um, so I think we should embrace being slutty and loving threesomes. And instead of being like, we're not slutty, being like, well, some of us are. What's wrong with that? Don't stereotype or overgeneralize. But to answer the last part of his question, I, it took me a long time to figure out when to respond and when not to respond when people are attacking my bisexuality. And I used to often kind of play like if they're like, when's the last time you had sex with a woman? And the reason like, why they're asking that question is essentially a lot of like monosexuals, gay and straight people take this like perverse glee in trying to tell you that you, a proud bisexual person, actually aren't bi. And they try to get you in like a gotcha moment. See, you're actually just gay. Um, And so that was, they're trying to get me this gotcha moment. And I used to like tell them everyone I had fucked and that um, all the women I'd fucked, but that's also playing into a trope that I don't want to like, cause a, I could have never fucked a woman. I'd still be by like there's, you know, like virgins who are straight, like they know they're straight. They know mm. they're gay. It doesn't matter if you're monogamous with someone and you want to be monogamous. And you've never had sex with a woman because of that. You're still by, you've just chosen this committed relationship. It's also fucking inappropriate. Also, oh, it's, it's just like, like, Okay, can I grow you on your anal? Like, yeah, can yeah, I, yeah can I, like, uh, uh, I know. Was that time you fucked your husband three months ago? Yeah. Are you really married? Yeah, like, really yeah, married? exactly. So I used to kind of engage and answer in a way that I no longer do. And the way I decide whether to answer and like engage or not is if I actually think it's someone that is genuinely, I think intent actually goes a long way. If someone is genuinely curious or doesn't understand and there's an opportunity that in talking to them, they might actually grow and change their mind and learn something. I'm more inclined to have this conversation with them. If they're looking for an argument, what's actually better than a well-executed like d- defense is being like, yeah, um, I'm not going to answer that. Uh, I know I'm bisexual and I don't really care if you believe it or not. Like the moment, and I've said that to people, when people try to question or justify, are, 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 how do you know you're really bisexual? No, I know. And you just see how uncomfortable and awkward they get when you kind of show them, like, I don't need to prove my sexuality or justify it. I know exactly who I am, and I don't give a fuck if a random stranger I've just met thinks I'm gay or straight because I'm confident in it and I don't need your approval. That's actually more likely to get them to change their mind than a well-executed argument. Like, so, Or even pointing out, like, the inappropriateness of the question. Be like, I'm sorry, like... I, like well, it's like like you don't have to tear open your journal to prove yeah. a thing, but also just like make them. I love making someone feel silly because they think like, well, this person is a different type of person, so I can ask them this inappropriate question. Yeah. Like, no, it's still an inappropriate question, yeah. right? And it's like, and then all of a sudden, it's like, oh fuck, did I fuck up? Now am I a am I an asshole for asking? This was like, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think don't feel... I think when I was younger, I felt more compelled to really stand up for the brand and everything. Mm-hmm. And as you get older, you're like, hey, you need to protect your mental health and awareness. Yeah. And you can't get into an argument with every single person. And well, now you can also just be like, or you can buy my book. Buy my book? <laughs> oh, that's what I'm going to say. Here's a... Yeah. That's, that's hey, I actually addressed all of this in my book. I would love for you to read it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, keep it short. Keep it confident. And you'll be good. And, and on the similar thing about, you know, the, the sluttiness, which, uh, again, again, it's been touched on, um, our prolific question asker, Chuck, he, he asks, do you ever get pushed back over the term boy slut because of the promiscuous stereotype that's out there with the negative connotation it sometimes has? May I hold on? Can you hold my mic for please, a sec? Please. Uh, 
It's get in the book. It's called Boy Slut. I don't know if y'all know. There'll be a link in the show notes, but Boy Slut, it's out May 9th. So I actually have a glossary at the beginning of the book, and that's just because there are a lot of terms in this book that I didn't want to kind of derail the conversation, um, you know, when I'm talking about demisexuals or frasexuals or like polycules and metamors, and it's just like a lot of language that when I'm trying to write a fucking story and then I have to break down what everything means, it, it's kind of annoying. And then yeah. also, there are actually different definitions of bisexuality and pansexuality, and I wanted to make sure that, hey, when I'm using this word, here's what I mean by it. So we're on the same page. It's um, also great to do in anytime somebody wants to uh, like have that like a debate. I'm always just like, can we de- like, what does the drag show mean to you? Just so I know what, what what we mean when we say a word. Yeah. And then we can move forward with yelling at each other it, on Twitter. Exactly. And it's funny because I, I kind of did this. I don't want to say willy nilly. I just did it because I thought it was important. And the feedback, people are like, I love your glossary. Like, it's really helped me understand these complex terms and seeing more nuance in it in a way. It's also cool to be able to define things for myself. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Of course, and I quote other people and new stuff. I'm not pulling shit out of thin air. But anyway, I define the word boy slut in the glossary because I felt that was important. And this is going to be a good practice because I haven't been reading these out loud. I'm going to have to <laughs> for um, my book tour. Um, boy slut. You might not be thrilled by the title of this book or by the fact that I call myself and readers boy sluts. After all, the word slut is highly gendered, and it has seldom been hurled at me, parentheses N, so me or men, as an an insult intended to harm, belittle, or control my behavior. Men are often praised for having sex with a lot of women. They're called a player or a regular Don Juan, whereas women are deemed simply sluts. This pervasive double standard is not new, and men have always benefited from it. I know I have. Unfairly, women who are called sluts are often deemed either mentally unwell, she's got real daddy issues, or undeserving of love. I'd never marry a slut. So why do I feel like it's my right to reclaim a word that hasn't typically been used to hurt and control me? First, I choose to identify as a boy slut because it exposes the double standard of promiscuity associated with men and women and, in doing so, hopefully works to dismantle it. Second, as someone who also proudly identifies as a queer faggot, I know the power of reclamation. I hope to help remove some of the stigma and shame that accompanies being a boy or boy slut. So what exactly is a boy slut? Again, this is great practice. Thank you. (laughs) Almost done here. Don't worry. It's okay. I'm not worried. Um, I define it as a person of any gender or sexual orientation who approaches sex without a lick of judgment or shame. Being a boy slut is not about having a high body count. It's about having the sex you want with whomever you want, however you want, without shame. Identifying as a boy slut is to give a gigantic middle finger to society letting everyone on this planet know that you will not be controlled or behave a certain way just because that's what's considered normal, ethical, or right. Nailed it. All right, I'll I'll be okay at my readings. Everyone snap, everyone (laughs) snap. Thank you, thank you. How have you dealt with this? You have whore in the name. Uh, Well, you know, it's pretty interesting you bring up the whole, like, how could I reclaim something that wasn't used to harm me? Yeah. So you have slut in yours, I have whore in mine. And, well, it's like, I think what... I my personal pushback because my story is that 
I wanted love and dating and relationships. Uh, you know, this show started because women would sleep with me. They wouldn't date me, right? And I, I was like, someone cuddle and all that jazz. Despite our previous thing was like, cuddling's a resource I must guard yeah. behind a safe. Yeah. Um, it, like, it's inception. You must penetrate now. No, it's... So sometimes women, because I like did a lot of fun slutty things, it wasn't even like about like body count stuff. It was, I did this fun Craigslist thing. I did go to a gangbang. And so sometimes it's like, oh my God, you're such a man whore. And I, I sometimes started to feel like maybe they were using that to like dismiss my potential to be a boyfriend. And so yeah. I like, yeah, like it was a word that was used that made me feel like maybe I'm too slutty to love or be loved. And so I'm going to go with the man or podcast. And I have gone pushback from like sex worker people. Uh, but I think it's a lot of times because they don't know that part. Mm-hmm. And once that's explained, most people are on board and then some are still like, but you're not a whore. And then like I did, I done, I've been paid for various sexual things. So it's like, and now a lot of people go, I guess he's okay. I guess he's allowed in. He's uh begrudgingly. He's a whore. Come on in, buddy. Here's your key. I, I think I've had a similar, actually quite a similar, um, uh, what's what I'm like, just experience where definitely I've definitely received some pushback from people. Well, but that's the reason why I defined it, right? Because to be like, hey, is this my right? Is it okay that I'm doing this? And I hope to, you might disagree with me, but at least I kind of provide a little bit more explanation and to show yeah. that there was some thought that went into this. This wasn't something willy nilly, and I'm aware of the double standard and the way the word slut has been used traditionally. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, because we love ownership. We love a little self awareness. It's also I get away with it more than you do because I'm queer, and yeah. I feel like you know, gay men call each other sluts, and that's kind of fine. Um, but it's you, like for me, like women were the ones calling me a slut and calling me a man yeah. whore. Like I didn't go around and be like I'm such a man whore. Everyone's like, no, oh, he's such a man whore. I'm never gonna date him. But like, come yeah. back. No, come over. Do that thing with your tongue. I like. I'm like actually, and, and, and you know what? It's catchy. It's like, like you can see the cover of this book. Yeah, it shimmers, I it glistens, it. it's got a little tinfoil gloss. Yeah, you know, like I, I think people are going to pick it up. I think if you see this in a bookstore and you see that, you're not going to be like, "Oh, let me walk by it." You're like, "What is people going will stop on and be like, here?" What's, yeah, what's this about? Yeah, I think no, that's definitely it. Stands out. Um, no, I I definitely agree. Love the fucking title. I just didn't know. Like, uh, I didn't even know if you got pushbacks. So yeah, like, oh, thought ask. Yeah, or uh, or Chuck thought he'd ask. Um, Thank you, Chuck. Uh, Vince, you're you're a big fanboy. Uh, already pre-ordered the book. Uh, it's called Boy Slut. By the way, if I don't know if you guys know, I just want to make sure. Yeah, just in case. That may link in the show notes. May 9th. Okay. So <laughs> he also wanted to know. Uh, this might put you on the spot a little bit, but do you have maybe like a couple of hookup stories that? W- may- I'll rephrase this. How's this to make it easier for you? Do you have any hookup stories that went hilariously wrong? Maybe one with a gal and one with a guy. I mean, just. <laughs> I mean, I know. Mo- okay, without poop, how's that one? Because I know that's. I a was, very I, that's frequent, of course why I went to, and there's a frequent one. There's just one where it was this guy. I was maybe like 26, and he was maybe 23, and he was recently out and like barely spoke English, and I b- speak my broken Spanish, but we we got along. We met on a hookup app. And you can just tell he was very nervous about it. And I learned he wasn't out to his family, really out to his friends. And there was one time where, like, you know, he was riding me and he still had, like, douche water in. So then he pulled out and then it was just, like, just a ton, like, a bucket's worth of just kind of brown water. And he started crying. And I was like, this guy who's trying – and I'm like, honey, it's okay. I'm just going to go shower. It's It's just on my stomach. I'm going to do it. Don't worry. And I – Literally, I'm probably the perfect person to shit on. Uh, 
<laughs> metaphorically and literally accidentally shit accidentally on. please perfect to accidentally yeah shit on. I, I have many kinks scat is not one of them but give me 20 years i feel like i'll be out of the rest of them and be like well here we are let's do this <laughs> but like um he felt i'm like i showered and like by the time he was already like clothed and back i'm like honey it's okay i gave him a hug like i was so supportive and he ghosted me he felt oh. so bad. And I knew it had nothing to do with me. Like, yeah. I know that. But I was like, oh, like, hey, I'd love to see you again. And it just, I, I felt so sad for him. Um, because fuck, like, <laughs> shit happens. Literally. You know what I mean? Like, so that was just like a kind of an unfortunate thing. And his ass was amazing. So I'm really sad just for, on a personal note so that I was able to mourn the loss for me personally. But um, that was um interesting uh it's been interesting where again i am a d minus list celebrity a d minus list gay celebrity which is means that which means not a celebrity in the real world at all by any in stretch New of the York imagination city and la i am a total celebrity in queer culture it's like it's <laughs> innate like people uh, with my girlfriend now she like was at hacienda and she was like people were like you're dating the zachary zane and I'm like, I, I'm I'm known among bisexual, polyamorous, sex positive people who live in Brooklyn. Th- this is the one sphere of the world in which there's a, a an ounce very relatable a, 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 of celebrity. But like, I'm like, let me explain that I am not by any metric otherwise. But I've had people, women who like specifically sleep with me because they've read my stories because they've want to get the boy slut experience oh my god i want to puke just saying that out loud Uh, tm 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 it's just uh (laughs) like it's um interesting and then like afterwards the like i I don't want to say it's not that she critiqued me but she was definitely just like oh i like so that's what's like sleeping with and i mind you i had no idea she oh, know who I, I guess was. that's what it's like. Yeah, it's with like Zach I did not talk about my book. I did not talk about work. They they had no re- like. I did not know. Sorry, that they, wait. What's what's your book called? A boy slut. Okay, uh, memoir sure. manifesto out May 9th. and it's um. But like they did. I didn't talk about it. They didn't. Yeah. Talk about. It. So I had no idea that they kind of knew me or had been reading my shit, and that was like left me feeling like fine. Fine. You're you're like. You're allowed to not bring it up, but then also to not bring it up, but then after sex, then, like, judge me based off of this and then bring it up at that point. Wait, so was the judgment negative? The judgment was more... Meh? Meh. Uh, yeah, I think it was more meh. Being like, oh, so that's what's like sleeping with the boy slut. I was like, what? I didn't know we got the same feedback after sex. Zach. I know, every time. No, um, <laughs> but it's just like, yeah. So that, that was just kind of like, huh? Okay. Um, Did you get to, were you self conscious? Did you like ask follow up questions or? I don't, it it was fine. It was slightly above average sex with someone who had hooked up at a party. Nothing was super excited. Like, no, like it wasn't. Yeah. Your ego doesn't. I thought it was slightly above average. You know what? I thought it was mad too. Not everything's going to be a home run. And, um, that's did you didn't you didn't respond with like I guess that's what it's like to sleep with Tiffany. It's I, I don't <laughs> care. You know what I mean? Like let her think what she wants to think, and it was yeah a finely mediocre experience on both of our behalves. Just because whatever, not everything's going to be a home run. Not every maybe I wasn't as attracted to her as maybe I wanted. What who the fuck knows? Okay. You know what I mean? They could be ten, one of ten million things, and I'm not judging myself because 
I didn't have incredible sex with a stranger uh, who then is now judging me on a scale I didn't know existed. Yeah. Just keep it in front of me. Sorry, yeah, my yeah, bad. Yeah. No, you're all right. You're all right. You're just, you were like a little over here. Yeah. Um, I, I get nervous now if I hook up with like a listener. It's just like I, I have actually hooked up with listeners and then they stop listening afterwards because I guess it wasn't good enough sex. Oh, no. Or I was a dick. I hold space for that, too. Uh, so like I've definitely like lost like Patreon members like shortly after hooking it, up. It, it, I don't think <laughs> it's your bad at sex. I think it's the... It's the no. It's the mystery. It's the appeal. It's the illusion. Like, I like people. That mystery is apparently worth five dollars a month. Yeah. Yes, it is. And like, they're definitely. I feel like certain people where now they're gonna think. And again, I I like. How do I say this without sounding like an asshole? Like, I'm pretty good at sex. (laughs) That is my job. I am a sex columnist and writer. I'm communicative. I'm honest. I I know the technique. I can kind of read social cues, see if they're feeling uncomfortable. Uh, If so, slow things down, ask how things are going. I create a space where, like, they're allowed to embrace their kinks and say whatever the fuck they want. Um, And so because I've created the space and I know the technique and skills, like, I'm able to usually have a pretty good sexual experience with people but sometimes people just like assume like uh, i like have a 15 inch cock and uh can pound for five thousand days or like just i've now put you on a pedestal i mean i have seen it it's not it's it's closer to 15 than like not it's (laughs) it's <laughs> I've, I've i've seen you walk around soft man it's- uh th- that is fake news uh <laughs> that is fake news and quite generous and i appreciate it um but yeah it, it's just but people get really excited by the idea of you and the fantasy of you mm-hmm. and more often than not, you can never live up to a fantasy. Well, once we all lose the blue check marks, I think that will go down a little bit. So oh, God. Uh, <laughs> I've been trying to get off Twitter anyhow now just because it's not great for my mental health. And I feel like a piece of shit after scrolling. I can't because it's like it's like the most that I got. I'm it's, like, I have to be there. It's I know it's. But now this is giving me a nice excuse to be like, well, you know, the blue check is gone. I, I'm fucking done with this shit anyway. Sure. <laughs> uh, luckily, I'm, I'm verified on Instagram, so I, I still have that blue check. So as long as you got one, no, I'm just joking. Now I'm a true asshole. Um, <laughs> um I got, I got one more ask the guest question. But then, would you be, would you mind? Because <clears throat> I don't think we've done this before. A little, maybe like a little ten minutes bonus episode about like just some tips on picking up men at a bar. You know, maybe like two or three tips we could do that. Picking up men at a bar. After I ask you this like quick one, do you think that? Sure. Okay, cool. So real quick, Chuck does want to know, I think this is a fitting one to end on before we do plugs, is uh, he just wants to know what's your number? Oh, God. Uh, You know, when I wrote the book, I said over 2,000 people. And now that book, I think that section was over a year ago. Um, I have no idea whether it's... 3,500, 1,500, or 2,500. But I think anywhere, I, I would assume in the two, the two to 3,000 range would be my guess. And here I thought it started with 818. But you know, yeah. <laughs> um, Zachary, this was great. Uh, Patreon people, tune in tomorrow for a little bonus. But I I just, I keep forgetting. What's the name of the book that's coming out? Boy Slut. B O Y S L U T, colon, a memoir and manifesto. 
And yeah, it's what when is this podcast out? May 9th uh, or very soon. Very so, soon. Yeah. Okay, so it's available for pre-order. I'll have pre- a link in the show notes yeah. to it regardless when it's out. So you can either pre-order or order it depending and when it's out. Pre-order sales help me so mm. fucking much. Pre-order sales in the first week sales. So like please buy anywhere between if you could buy as many books as people I've slept <laughs> with, I would be a New York Times bestseller <laughs> extremely quickly. So if you could help me with that, I'd really, really appreciate it. And where do you want people following you these days? Um sure. I mean Again, I'm still on Twitter and Instagram. That's Zachary Zane underscore. The underscores at the end. Uh, my website zacharyzane.com. You can ask me questions through that. I also have this like nonfiction erotica zine, which is different from the book. It's like oh. my newsletter. It's okay. like the newsletter, and that's also boy slut. And that's just oh, no like, wonder Julie's a fucking fan of it. I didn't yeah, that that shit that is just sense. like some raunchy sense. ass sex stories of like real sex stories that happen to me and other people. I have a collection of like writers across the globe. So if you Google boy slut Substack or just boy slut, it will come up that. And yeah, that's it. Fantastic. Uh, well, you know, why don't you go ahead and say goodbye to everybody? Oh, did we want to do the three questions? Uh, we are, yeah. It's just like, oh, yeah, I'll be a bonus thing. Gotcha. I'll just like reintro it real quick. Uh, gotcha. Well, everyone, thank you uh, so much for listening. And Billy, this, this, this was a ton of fun. Uh, this was awesome. As always, man. As always. <laughs> That Patreon exclusive bonus episode is coming out. It's dropping. It's releasing tomorrow. That'll be available for all of the $5 and up Patreon members. And it's just one bonus episode of nearly 300 bonus episodes. If you're a binger, if you're one of those freaks who have heard everything I've said, did you know that there's even more on the Patreon? Oh, yeah. Easily another 100 to 200 hours of sex positive audio content back there available for just five bucks a month. Pay for the whole year up front, you get a discount. What a guy I am. As always, links to the Patreon and everything else you could need exist in the notes of this show, uh, sometimes referred to as the show notes. Now, as many of you know, the Champagne Room is our super free, super fun, super sex positive Discord server. And uh, we have a lot of channels about a lot of things. For example, the best place to share your thoughts and questions and comments about this week's episode with Zachary Zane is in the episode discussion channel in the Champagne Room. But we've got channels about books, about arts and crafts, about cannabis, about parenting, about pets. There's an entire channel called I Just Had Sex, where if you get laid, I mean, we are very excited to read about it. And so I'm going to share a, uh, a real funny, em- uh, embarrassing sex story someone shared. It's embarrassing because I asked for embarrassing sex stories. I am not calling it an embarrassing sex story. Um, I read Jeff's last week. This week, we're going to hear Steph's as we close out. But if you want to join us in the champagne room, the link's in the show notes, or you can go to manwhorepod.com slash discord. And now, an embarrassing sex story from Steph. I was having sex with this guy at his place while his roommates were supposed to be in class. We're going at it, and he asks if he can pull out, take off the condom, and come on me. I say go for it, so he's going for it. And I feel something graze my cheek. Maybe it was like the sheet, maybe it was the pillow cushion. So out of reflex, I lifted my head to figure out what it was, Just as the round, and by round, she does not mean a bullet. I mean, she means ropes of jizz. Just as the round goes shooting out, it hits me right in the face, getting into my left eye. I yell in surprise. 
he's still going because you can't really control the dick too much. Once it starts spurting people, it is spurting. But <laughs> she says, I yell in surprise. He's still going. But he's like, oh, shit, are you OK? Which is a hilarious image. He's just like jizzing and jizzing, but going, oh, no, I can't stop. Are you OK? <laughs> At this point, I've tried to wipe it off and only succeeded in getting it in my eye. So now I'm yelling variations of fuck and it hurts. Keep in mind, this is the middle of the day. We are completely naked. Sunlight is coming in and lights are on. The next thing I know, some guy comes flying into the room asking what's going on. I start yelling again because like, hello, I'm naked. And who is this random asshole? And don't forget everyone, she's got cum in her eye. My hookup is also naked and he tackles said asshole and shoved him out the door and then turns to me and is like, are you okay? I take it he's no longer jizzing at this point when he asks. Are you okay? I've got one eye shut. I'm covered in cum and thoroughly embarrassed. Now... I just stared at him like, are you shitting me? My only lucky break in all this is his room had the ensuite bathroom, so he had to help me into the shower. I go ahead and just wash everything because it got in my hair, too. I finally finish showering. I turn around to get out. He's just standing there watching me and tells me, so uh, my roommates are home early. Yeah, no shit. I get dressed, grab my stuff, and I'm like, please let these dudes be in their rooms. We walk out, and nope, they're both waiting in the kitchen, which was right across from my guy's bedroom door. My hair is obviously wet from the shower, and they clearly hurt us at the very end of the sex, at minimum. They're both hiding smiles, and this idiot I just let cover me and come is like, Hey, this is Steph. We're, we were just studying. We all turned to look at him at the same time. I just couldn't take it anymore. I turned and walked out. <laughs> we made sure no one was getting out of class early after that. Thank you for sharing your embarrassing cum-covered sex story, Steph. Everybody else, stay slutty. <laughs> 